But um, not everybody. I had some, not everybody liked me, Mark. <laughs> you weren't able to get past that. Yeah, I was. So you almost start in a uh, an adult film. Oh, you know about that, huh? <laughs> well, you've been doing research. You want to tell us anything about that? Well, it was early on. I this this guy. I was I was so broke, man, and uh, I lived in Brooklyn and came to. I had a token that day uh, to take me to Manhattan, and then I walked to some from uh, the 42nd Street all the way to something, I don't know, I'm pretty far away from 42nd Street. I had one token to take me to Manhattan, one token to take me back to Brooklyn. So I walked while I was, uh, while I was in Manhattan, and I walked to this thing, and I saw an audition, and it said, it would charge me, it would pay me three, 200, no, $150 a day. And here it is, you know, I'm barely with two tokens. So I'm like, oh, okay. And they said, yeah, you do this movie. So I got there and there were people in the waiting room. I came in and the guy was telling me, he said, man, you're perfect. Uh, but did you know this is a porno movie? And I'm like, oh, 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 it didn't say, it didn't say that. <laughs> porno? He said, yeah. I said, well, and I was, you know, I'm starving, Mark. I was like, well, you know what? I said, who will see this? You think a lot of people will see this? He said, no, nobody will see it. I said, I don't know. So what What do I have to do? He says, well, you know, you, um, you know, we have a soft porn and hard porn. And soft porn is like, you know, you kind of act like you're make, having sex, you know. So what about this? The hard part is, yeah, you actually do it. So I'm like, oh, well, and you say that nobody will see it? Not really. He said some business people, maybe they come from on lunchtime, might stop by and see that, but nobody will really see it. And I thought about a picture of my mother popped up on my shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> so you wanted to be an actor, huh? You know what I mean? And I said, no, I said, no, I can't do it, man. I, I appreciate you. I appreciate you so much. But I, I, here I am. So that took that took courage. I said, no. He said, I'm going to pay. We'll go up to 200 a day. No, 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 no. I can't do it. I, I'm out of here. And so he was so pissed. I was shocked. Huh. This is what I was shocked about, that he was he got up from behind his desk and he and I started to walk out the door and he was following me. And he followed me into the waiting room area where people were waiting there to read, you know, whatever. And he said, I hope you can get in something your mama can watch. Mm. And he shouted at us. <laughs> he shouted at, at me as I was walking out the door, man. I couldn't believe it. I said, gosh, he, he really wanted me in that film. But uh, I'm just telling you, and this is what I tell the young people, think about your guns, because it was more than, it was no more than a week later, that's when I got Three Days of the Condor. And I got that, it was like, I was making at that time, which was a lot, but uh, about $350 a day, as opposed to 
150. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I, yeah, I was on daily contract then. And so well, that you, was you made the the right decision. I'm not I sure did. if I did when when in a. Oh, you did the porno film. Which one? Which, which, well, no, I was working in the adult <laughs> business. Oh, okay. Behind the scenes, but I would be at all these events and different functions with all these porn stars and a lot of them were shooting their own content and the number of times that i got offered to be in that content <laughs> and passed on it but i'm saying maybe i didn't make the right decision because i haven't really had much of a career <laughs> after that so you know you went on to do some other stuff but but, but you uh, know what the thing is i think and this is my assessment of you you a lot of a lot of times when you're you're a kid actor, uh, then you go through a period when you grow up because that they don't see you as that kid anymore, like Rodney Allen Rippey and all those guys, and then they, so they're not that kid, so they they have to now reinvent themselves or or whatever, and they don't some some of them some of them go through uh, who's the girl that was on like whatever show she was on. Next thing you know, she was. And um, Walmart or something stealing and oh, uh, the one that was on different strokes. Yeah, yeah, those those kind of and a lot of them don't don't uh, they don't tell you. I think that they they should SAG should have had some kind of program, Screen Actors Guild, where they say, hey, <clears throat> you're on top of the world now. You limo and everywhere. You're going on all these shows, but one day it's gonna stop. So how do you adjust? How do you uh, keep your your mind right and and understand and keep growing? And then if you wanted to, then as you're older, you've got to, in my assessment, <clears throat> start. It, this business is not easy, so you have to now become somebody else and, and and convince them that they want you as that now, teenager or or, or older. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah, and so it's not. <clears throat> it's and 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 probably, I'm guessing because you got so much exposure from when you were a kid. Look at I tell you, appropriate example is uh, what's the name who played Opie? Uh, Ron Howard. Have, yeah, he went on to have a series, but he decided to go to directing. But he went on to have a series, another series, The Happy Days, and he kept mm -hmm. going. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it's just if I could fashion my career after anyone, it would probably probably be him mm -hmm. or Kevin Hooks. But I, I definitely Kevin like Hooks, yeah, getting into directing uh, more. Right, uh, you know, acting when you're directing, you don't have to worry about what you look like. <laughs> right, exactly. Now that that's true. Yeah, your that's... your father was quite a wise man. What's the most important piece of advice that he gave you? Like I, he said that uh, he said that when you don't let always always believe in yourself. Don't let uh, uh, a ship can't sink uh, unless it gets water. The water gets inside of it. Mm -hmm. If you don't let the water get inside of you, you won't sink. Mm -hmm. So what they whatever they say about you, whatever they think about you doesn't matter. It's what you believe 
and what you think. And it and that took me a long way because therefore, because not everybody's going to love you, not everybody's going to like you, not everybody's going to respect you. But it doesn't matter. You keep mm -hmm. you keep your goal. You don't let that water get inside of you to bring you down. Mm -hmm. you, and you'll stay afloat. So I thought that was great advice. Yeah, absolutely. What yeah. percentage of your work do you get for yourself versus your agent or manager getting you the, the work? It's my life. So I, I I take it however I get it. For example, White Mama was basically through me, uh, my friend Dorian, you know. Mm -hmm. um, what are the various ways that you go about getting work for yourself? This last movie, I I have to say, was um, I knew the producer for a long time, and uh, and the director. I did a movie with the director years ago, and I got cut out of it. And he said, "Man, I am so sorry." He called me at the home at my home. This is years ago, and said, mm -hmm. "We got one day. We're gonna do it again." I'm sorry to mean. I, yeah, I love you, Ernest, the work you were doing, but the movie was too long or whatever. So mm -hmm. he cut me out. But the, so then he called me up. It happened to be that producer that I knew and this guy, this director, said, yes, I've been meaning to always use Ernest. And so it, the, the stars aligned for it. So it came together. And so that came together. Only thing that was good, I just got a new manager. So... They didn't, it's not like they found that that job, but I let them negotiate it to see what they do. And they asked me how much, you know, they were, the people offered me so much money and I told them no. And, uh, and so they did everything I said and I came up with a lot more money. And so that was, that was pretty good, you know. So I'm with a, so, with this new manager, well, she's been about four months now, but she was new at the time. <clears throat> um, so you work very closely with your agents and managers. Now this one I do. This one is, a, she saw me in a, a movie called um, Velvet Jesus, which is not out yet, actually, too. I started in that, and it's a, it's a smaller independent film, mm -hmm. but it's, I, it's some of the best work that I feel I've done. And, and I've got a chance to put it on film. We were actually doing it, we had done it as a play first. So I knew the role really well. And uh, it, was a, it was a really powerful piece. And so she saw that in a screening that we had. And as a matter of fact, uh, Roger Mosley came and uh, Marla Gibbs, those people, my friends. Mm -hmm. And they, uh, and so she was there and she took me on after that. And uh, they're, they're a group of uh, five people. And uh, they, she works with me really close. We talk uh, morning and night when we talk. And uh, matter of fact, I've never had, she comes, if we have like some kind of self tape she wants to do, uh, if it's a role that's big enough and, and she really, she, We'll read it together at night. I'll read it over the phone and stuff together. I mean, what manager reads? Yeah, it? yeah, that's great. That was going to yeah. be one of my questions: is how you go about preparing for a role when you don't really have anyone to play against. Uh, so she said the whole self tape thing is a whole different world. 
Mm-hmm. It's like you you got to. It's a certain technique that you, she says that she she understands about self tape, and so like where you look this way and look that way and do stuff, which I don't. I wasn't. I you know I didn't know anything about that. It's a whole new world for me. That's like you say a lot of old actors are just saying, "What the heck? Yeah, I quit." Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's new self tape thing, but. <clears throat> She's all into it, and uh, she she is um, she agreed with me and go to the audition with me, where the lady I have someone film me, and we will she'll film with me and read with me in the thing. So that is that's a that's a blessing because I know she is uh, she's really trying to make it happen. So I, I I'm I'm happy with her so far. That this, is. It sounds like a blessing indeed. Um, what's been your favorite role or character that you portrayed? Well, this last one I told you, Velvet Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just a... He, he, I, I love that character. I just think that, I think if it ever... They said that they're doing uh, billboards now. They they still claim it's going to be out. Maybe it's going to be streaming somewhere. Was that the, about? I, I'm trying to remember if that's one of the plays I saw you in where it had something to do with. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We made, by a, his, uh, we made a movie out of it. Or, yeah. Yeah. We made a movie out of it, and I won Best Actor. Yeah, deservedly so. You were outstanding in that role. Well, thank you. You know what? I'm going to tell you honestly. The, the day you saw it was the worst day we. Really? Well, see, that's what technique gets you. You know, when you're having a bad day, you're still good <laughs> or brilliant. Well, the reason was it was worse. We had we have done it in Hollywood for about a month or so, and uh, and then we went to uh, Richard Lawson's theater. That was where you saw it, right? Yeah. And Richard Lawson was, hey, we were hoping that we could get it in there and have them run over there, and. Uh, Ended up, he he says, "Okay, yeah, you come. We we we'll, we'll kind of showcase it there." And then he went somewhere because he's he's married to Beyonce's uh, mom, and he, he went somewhere to South Africa with them that the day we were supposed to do it. So he didn't even get a chance to see it. So he, we said, "Well, you're not going to be here. Can we work the equipment because we had a lot of cues and things that our people already knew how to do." But he didn't want any of our people touching the equipment, and 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 so they had to just tell their people when to do this, when to do that, and mm. so some of the stuff was thrown off. And plus, it we we were been a month away from we rehearsed, but we've been a month away from the show rolling. We mm-hmm. like I said, we were we before that we were rolling in a month. We were in the group. We were doing it every day, mm-hmm. so we have been a month away from it. And and then working with these people who uh, throw the light, turn off the light, the royal coming and doing whatever. <laughs> it was mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh! I mean, it wasn't a disaster. We pulled it because we do it, but it wasn't our best one. Well, I enjoyed it, uh, uh, and uh, well, thank you. I you appreciate know, that. No I one's know. no one noticed. I'm sure any of those flaws that stuck out in in your mind. Would you say that was your most challenging role up to date too. I think I think it, the one that was the most challenging one that I've ever put on film. I mean, besides White Mama, 
white mama was just, that was very challenging. You know, it was a two-man show between me and Betty Davis. But I mean, that was, that was really, actually, I had the biggest part. Time she wasn't even there on the set working, I was there working and working me like a dog. But but this 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 role was it was so challenging because it was another it was basically again a two man show, and uh, and it, and the thing is when we actually did the movie they used a different actor. <clears throat> the little guy you saw went on to Broadway. Hmm. Uh, to do a thing with uh, Michael Jackson. He's basically a dancer. Uh, This was the first time that he had ever uh, got to be in a play and and have a dramatic lead. So he was like you when he was a sponge. He wanted to know everything, help me, Ernest. And I thought that was so cool because he said, I never, I'm just, I'll say a few lines and then I'll start singing. <laughs> that's that's what he was used to, uh-huh. and so he said, "Just dialogue and dialogue. This is different." Huh. And that's uh, and so he was he was pretty good. But they since he got that um, part in the Michael Jackson thing that went on, I think they got Tony for that for Michael Jackson. Interesting. It's kind of interesting too because Jason Alexander. I don't know if you remember him from Seinfeld, but yeah, yeah, in the class now. Uh, but basically, he's linking like dramatic acting with musical comedy, even though they don't sing. He's uh, basically saying that the same kind of core under underneath thing is going should be going on whether you're doing a musical or a, or a, a dramatic piece or or regular theater piece, something that's not a musical. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I guess he was, he was, well, his fear was, <clears throat> how do you keep it? He would have monologues. How do you keep that interesting? You know? Um, yeah. Yeah. Without breaking into song. You know what I mean? And yeah. Yeah. It'd be yeah. interesting to see how he does a, approach that. I have not taken the class or sat in on it. I think they're offering like free sit-ins uh, to like watch a class. Um, but Anyway, it's just kind of interesting uh, that he would kind of have that kind of an approach. Can you offer any tips on how how one can become a, a successful working actor in Hollywood in the year 2022? Oh, but it's a whole different deal because now they have uh, they they how many likes you have and you know, right. uh, Instagram and Twitter and Facebook or whatever. Uh, but I guess old people use Facebook or whatever. Yeah, they're all about the TikTok, the young kids. These right, days. exactly. That's all I need is <clears throat> a social media thing. And well, a lot of that is, is part of it, I guess. So I don't, don't know. I would know anything except do what I did, and uh, and that is just uh, try to, uh, you know, uh, get in there and stay serious every day. You know, I had people. Like I said, like a crew. Well, I say Lawrence Hilton Jacobs. He was like the the king, you know. Mm-hmm. When I was in our crew, because he, you know, if we had like a side of a, uh, if they had given us a few pages of a show, he would have the entire script. He was just that a step ahead. Mm-hmm. When I came to New York, he was already working in movies. I'd seen him in Claudine with um, your 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 girl. Yeah, I did. Lawrence was in Claudine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yep, yep, that's when I first saw it back. One of my favorite movies. I mean, I saw it so long ago. That's probably remember, but it's one of my favorite Diane Carroll projects. Mm -hmm. Do you you find that it gets any easier once you get your first big role, or is it? You know, little. You know, every time you work, people see you. You know, but not you know because. But as you move up the ladder, there are guys who have the same amount of credits, so you have to fight against them. You know. It's not like you're the only person that got a movie, you know, there. Okay, yeah. all of a sudden, here I am. I'm like, I did right, Mama. And then here's uh, LeBron Burton I got to fight against because he's 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 roots. You know what I mean? Oh, so, even Brad Pitt and those guys are replaceable. I mean, you know, they, you know, right. see them being replaced for various reasons from time to time. If you were to completely restart your career from day one, are there any things that you would do differently? I I guess I just hated to it seems as though I, I don't think so. I, I don't I don't think so. I think that you know I had young energy and I and I had the energy to 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 attack it like uh with all my might when I was younger and I think I would never change that. I would have to, that's why, I, you know, cause I think when I was a kid, I built my resume up mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and by doing that, um, okay. Now I was Ernest Harden Jr. And, um, uh, I got to, to that opened some doors. So it got me a chance to, read or audition or work where if I hadn't put all that energy into it at first, um, you know, it's who you know. A lot of it is who you know. You know what I mean? Or, who or, knows or even more important, who knows you? Yeah, who knows you and who, who likes you? Yeah. That kind of thing. So all of it, I don't know what would I change, you know, if I was starting out now, I'd probably be well aware of what system uh, that's happening now. If I have to really deal with social media, I guess I'd be doing it. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. And what, what I was going to say about Lawrence Hill Jacobs, but I said, you, there was a core of us that we saw who was doing what. And we wanted, oh, Larry got a series? Oh, Larry, Larry got that audition? Man, I wonder if I can get in there, you know? You always wanted to, you saw ones that were maybe a little ahead of you and you wanted to make sure you kept up, kept up. And, and so that kept your energy up. You didn't have time to rest because, oh, so-and-so is, is working. Huh? Let me try to get over there and see if I can get a, be a part of that or something like that. It, it was it was always those people that were driving. And finally, uh, you, you get to a point where, like you said, you say, <laughs> Well, you're still around, <laughs> and, <laughs> and they're gone. I don't know where they are. But a lot of them gone. But um, I just, uh, I don't think I would, uh, I would do anything different. I think I, because that's the only way I know how to make it. Mm-hmm. What actors inspire you, and and why? <clears throat> well, back in the day, you know, James Earl Jones. I loved him, you know, and the reason that's why, I, uh, partly, is 
why it says Ernest Hardin Jr. instead of Ernest, just Ernest Hardin. James L. Jones, those three names sounded cool. And the thing is, I also was, uh, I wasn't, I didn't, I didn't think I was a bad boy, but I know I get in trouble sometimes. So I respected my father so much. I didn't want, whatever I did, I didn't want people to think it was him. So I said, Junior, Ernest Harden Jr., you know, I put that there too, out of respect to my dad, you know. Mm -hmm. But uh, it turned out to be pretty cool. I'll say this, my dad was, he was tough on me and he was hard and he didn't, he says, okay, you you graduated college and you're going to do your thing, you know. Uh, He was supportive, but he didn't know a lot about uh, theater and all that was people of Detroit. They know about the auto industry. That's it. You know, mm-hmm. my mother was an artist. She, she, she taught um, art, art in school, and art history, and all that. So she, she, she loved. She pushed my sister and I to uh, become artists. And my sister, like I said, she got a PhD in music, and she started to when she graduated Northwestern after she graduated she started doing some conducting at the Chicago Symphony and then in the Detroit Symphony so she was really you know into to music and uh, so my mother pushed us more into art so but so my father I don't know if he I don't know what his belief was or whatever because I remember I had a car. He said, if you graduate college, I'll give you this car. And it was a new Charger, and he bought it. And then when I loaded it up, getting ready to go to New York, where are you going with, what are you doing? Where are you going with that car? I said, I'm going to New York. Oh, no, no, you won't. That car stays here. Well, you, you bought it for me. You said you would buy it for me when I get out of school. He said, yeah, well, you can drive it in Michigan. I'm not going to be in Michigan. I'm going to New York. Uh, don't, don't take that car. <laughs> oh, man. I was really upset, but I just said, whatever. And so the thing he, is... He was tough. He was tough. But he said, you can drive as long as you stay in Michigan. Yeah. So that was about... You did graduate, so I guess, you know... I graduated, so I was kind of like a... He tricked me. Yeah. <laughs> but I was going to graduate. But I guess but, a better a better trick. I mean, at least the trick was to accomplish something positive. Right. And so the thing is, when I got to, uh, I started, when I got out of Jefferson's and started making long story short, I started working and started getting recognized as an actor. He was my biggest fan. Yeah, that's great. That's wonderful to hear that that your parents got to experience your success because that's not always the case. Yeah, I was reading your story and I know that you didn't you and your father had had uh, difficulties, you know. But uh, I, my father came around. My father, we we didn't agree on everything, but he came around, and he was like, you know. Yeah. Was, well, it seems like the bottom line is he wanted what was best for you. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 Do you feel that's where your father was too? Did your father? Mm, not the last few decades, no. <laughs> yeah. but that's another story. Is uh, he still living? I just want to ask you that. Is your father still living? Yes. Yes. Oh, he is. Okay. Yes. Yeah, no, my father died in 2008. 
But one thing about it, he got to see Obama elected. If you think yeah, about yeah. That must have been something. I know my father never expected to see anything like that in his lifetime. So I'm sure your father was the same. Yeah, I mean, having not being able to drink at the same water fountain or use the same bathroom and all that, go to restaurants. Yeah, my father grew up in Jim Crow, too. Yeah, didn't actually get to the point where you saw a black man elected. I thought that was, he died right after that, but that was cool. He got to see that. Yeah. Uh, do you have any favorite directors? Uh, and, uh, you know, I guess theater directors will tend to direct you more than film or TV directors. Um, but but do you have any favorite directors? And, and can you share what you might have learned from those people over the years? Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I, had, I had a lot of directors. I really... I just really, you know, even more so, uh, uh, John Ehrman. I don't know if you knew who he was. He he did a uh, he he did a uh, a TV movie that I did with Jason Robards uh, called uh, "The Land of Child Murder," and uh, I had. Um, I had a couple of good scenes with Jason Robard, and it was and 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 Mr. Irvin was so I loved him because he he gave me such freedom, and even at that young age to okay, I want you to do. He wanted me to do something. He, he just wanted me to create because sometimes, you know, uh, they say some people say that some directors think. The actor knows best because he's been working on the on the particular role, and he and he knows he knows best uh, that other people might have a, some idea, but the actor, you know, he's inhaled the role. He understands it maybe better than anybody, and so he gave me such freedom. And that was the first time I got some so much freedom, and everything I did, he was like, "Oh man." This is so great. He, he, you know, he just he just gave me that freedom. I really, really love that. Uh, other than that, you're talking about director. I, I, I still I still say Martin Landau <clears throat> was a great great teacher. He taught me so much. He taught me how to. Um, he taught me how to. It's about work. He said, "Man, you know, you you're." Uh, you never feel like again. You never feel like you got a finished product, and uh, he he never accepted. He never accepted uh, you're not doing your best, and uh, I, that's I can't even get really more specific than that. I just think that he was a Bart Landon was a big influence, mm-hmm. uh, and, and and so was uh, uh, John Ehrman. I, I I really love love that guy, especially. Working with uh, Jason Robots, I mean, he would just—he would give me little suggestions, and he just loved what I would do with them, and loved loved me being creative. So that was—I guess that's—that's that's all I could say. Uh, that's what I learned from these guys uh, is just that some people are actors, directors, and some people are not. And an actors, director, they. They respect their actor because 
they come from a place where maybe they were actors at one time, you know, so they, mm-hmm. they come from a place like that. And I just think that that is, uh, that, uh, those were my, I think those were two of my best experiences. Hmm. Uh, you know, yeah. And these, and yeah, been two of my best experiences. I think this last, this last movie, this director, his name is Martin Guigui. Uh, He's from Brazil. Uh, Brazil, but that's his Martin. They call him Martin. G U I G U I. It's a strange, seems like a strange name, but it's not American. And uh, he was great too, I have to say. But when you say what you learned, now I go on the set. They don't. They don't necessarily try to teach me anything. They are respectful. They feel, they just allow me to do my thing. They they feel confident that they're going to come out and see something that they haven't seen, that they didn't expect. And he was, he was like that. When I think the work I did in it, in this, this movie, I am really, he said, you're going to be so proud of it. And so I'm really happy about this. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Or you'll see. I, I think it's going to be uh, pretty cool. I, I really feel good. I mean, um, what's his name? Uh, Richard Dreyfus was the star of it, along with um, uh, 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 Eric Roberts, uh, Jeremy Piven, you know, uh, from uh, Entourage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. So, well, I, I had, go ahead. No, I just said I had a nice, nice part in it, and I just really, he just, uh, he really loved my work. So, it's it's now people will just respect you. Uh, you're not a young actor anymore. They respect you. They're not necessarily trying to teach you anything. They just, they they respect what you do, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and and that's where that's what I feel is happening now. Which is a great place to be at. Mm-hmm. It is. Wrapping, it is. wrapping it up now, last uh, handful of questions. Uh, what are you currently working on? Um, you're working on something. You're always working on something. Well, well, that was the last thing. That was the last. I guess movie. this was it. Yeah. Okay. So we this- just finished it. We just finished it. So that was the last movie that I worked on. And other than that, just. Um, uh, different auditions and stuff. Yeah, That's all. Yeah, you're still here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. do, do you prefer theater acting or movie and TV acting? Do you have any preference? Or I, you know, I actually, I love them both. But you know, obviously, a movie and television give you a lot more exposure. Mm-hmm. But I, I really, I do. To have a, a great part in a play is is beautiful because you get that instant uh, gratification. Yeah. Yeah, you get that instant gratification. Yeah, love that. I, does, I don't know. What does success mean to you? You know, it being like uh, I did a movie with Willem Dafoe called Animal Fact, and uh, so we got to hang out, talk a lot. You know, him and you know, Steve Buscemi directed it. Cool. Huh. He was cool too, and uh, we were in uh, Philly, <clears throat> but uh, we. It was funny. He he was uh, we were at the bar one day and he was, was kind of getting high, 
And he acknowledged, he said, phew, some stuff that you brothers go through, but that's a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I said, you admit that? Yeah, said, yeah I do. I do. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he said, I admire you, you know. But he says, I said, well, do you, what do you, what do you, uh, What's your goal? How do you, how you feel, you know, about what do you, what do you want to do? How is it? I mean, what do you call a successful career? He said, man, I just feel good that I'm working and I'm always working. I don't care if it gets out or not. I don't care if it becomes big or what or small. It doesn't matter. I just like to keep working. That's all. And I thought that is a good way to look at it. Just as long as you you staying busy, you know, uh, some of them are going to pop and be big, and then others are not. Yeah. It's funny. Just let me tell you. Yes, just yesterday, I did a. Uh, I worked with your boys. You turned me on to this little project. Right, Terry. Yes. Yeah. We got that yesterday. Well, we shot a we shot a reading of it. They did it as, you know, they would do close ups and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it looked like you had some other name actors on there with you too. So that that's great. I I hope that all. But that's the you know, I think that that's great. That uh, more often than not, you'll say yes than no. And yeah, yes, are, yes is what moves you forward. Right. <laughs> you know, when you limit yourself, you're not right. really moving forward. If someone uh, was going to make your life into a movie, who should play you and why? Oh, I don't know. Maybe I get you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know me the best. I don't know. I don't know. I never thought of that. Outside of acting, what would your dream job be? If I wasn't, and I was, if I was and I was six five, <laughs> you 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 don't even. I mean, you know, there are people even smaller than you that have been professional NBA players. So let's say we could make a magic wand where you could jump as tall as you were, like some of these other guys that are that size, because it seems like the ones that are small, like. Have- I tell you, I tell you, you there there been a few. I mean, I looked at I. I met Spud Webb, and he was just like five six or something. I'm like, oh my gosh! But I saw him jump up and try to dunk on the whole Laker team at once, and he was that just he could he was that good. But the thing is, what it's not just offense. If you know anything, if right you know up. about basketball, it's about, it's defense. Yeah. So here's you. Oh, you you five, what? So five, you're, six, you're saying five, like eight, someone like. And, uh, and here comes Magic Johnson down the court, six nine, and you got to check him. What, how are you going to do that? <laughs> that would be challenging, you know. I just have yeah, to make so they know that. I've been with, just recently. I I I went to uh, something called the Drew League, and I met LeBron James for the first time. And I shook his hand, and I said, "Man, you know, this first time I shook a hand of a being there, you know." Yeah, uh, he, he was cool. And I uh, and a, and another guy was there. His name was Draymond Green, who just won the championship for the Golden State Warriors. And uh, they looked at me and said, "Man, we loved you, and white man can't jump and the whole thing." But I said, "But you don't know Draymond. 
He said, I'm a Michigan State smart just like you. And he was like, oh, wow, it's cool. You had so as they were coming around, I just stood on that, on that court. And I'm saying, look, is this the land of the Giants? All these big, tall people, you know. So I would, I wouldn't even, unless I was six five, six six, you know. Uh, and then on top of that, I don't know how long. I mean, physically, how long that job would last. You uh, hopefully, I would have made a. Well, even a lot even of money. when you aren't, even when you weren't doing it professionally, it kind of took its toll on you. Didn't you have knee surgery or something like that? Oh yeah, I did. I had. I had. You're right. And I really, I just had two knee surgeries. And, uh, but that, but I tell you, it's amazing. I had a great doctor. He's supposed to be fifth best in the world. He's a little Asian guy named Dr. Yu. Giving him a little notoriety now, but he, he's so busy. Uh, my friend who worked with Clint Eastwood said, you got to see Dr. Yu. And I had a good meeting with him. And he gave me, I said, well, will I do anything athletic again? Because I can barely walk. And he said, yeah, you will. He said, I got some guys who are professional surfers, da, da, da. Well, I tell a lot of truth. I'm out there playing basketball again. It's been about a year and a half now. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm playing basketball again just for me. It's fun, you know, and three and three little stuff and sometimes running down the court, shooting around. So I, I'm blessed. I'm, I'm really happy about all of that. All sounds good to me. What's, what's a perfect Sunday afternoon look like for you? Uh, well, you know, like maybe go to breakfast with some friends. My kids, you know, I have grandkids now. You know, so kind of an old man, and uh, I, I'm blessed to have a good family. My father, my uh, son, and he has three daughters. Uh, he, a one-year-old, uh, one that just turned four, and a six, about to be seven uh, next month. And uh, they're all girls. So, and uh, my my daughters, I have a daughter. She's engaged. Uh, her name is Meryl. She's an artist. Um, an actual uh, artist, She's done a lot of painting, sells her stuff and all that. And she, uh, she's about to get married. She's engaged to this guy. So I'm hoping for that basketball player with her, you know. <laughs> but, you know, so I don't know. But I'm, I'm, I'm happy hanging with them or, uh, or something like that, you know, just playing it by ear. Next week, I think uh, I'll probably be at this uh, film festival that I told you that I'm in uh, watching a movie called Bus Stop, which I started. So it's just, I just, everything's up in the air. I just do whatever I go with the flow, Mark. You, you keep on I mean? keeping on. That, why not? You know, if you don't, if you stop moving, then you're, you're dying. So, you know, always movement is the key. You know what I mean? What's something that you're glad your mom never found out about you? <laughs> oh no, that's a lot. Let me see. <laughs> you know, I don't think I. I had a girlfriend in, in college that I really loved, and I, I was, I never touched any kind of marijuana, or anything, but because she she did it, I did it too. I, you know, oh, smoking a joint, but I never told my mother. I never let my mother know that. I had, I had gotten high or anything like that, you know what I mean? 
So that's one thing. No big thing. No, they legalize it. You know, it's a whole big, no big thing. Everybody's doing it. But back then, you know, I was just kind of, I was an athlete. So uh, a lot of of athletes do it too. As as we know from this woman that's being held in Russia. Oh, yeah. But they are now. But I'm just, but she she was a professional athlete. I was a young young athlete and yeah. trying to uh, up and come. And my my friend, like I said, we didn't touch any kind of drugs at the time. No, no way. We we tried to. We we're about our bodies. But a lot of athletes did whatever. You know, it, it's it's no big deal. But hey, smoking a joint was nothing. I just was, you know. Now, you know, but my mother, I never told my mother that I ever did anything like that. So I don't know if you would. It's no big deal now, but I never did anything. My father never really drank or anything. You know, I I never had any desire to like drink or or really get high, especially drinking. my father used to say, "Oh, it goes down and it burns," and I and I would drink some, and I said, "He's right." <laughs> <laughs> so I never socially, maybe I you know drink some, but never got into it. You know, never got into any of that stuff. Other yeah. than your children, what do you feel has been your greatest accomplishment up to this point in your life? I think just coming from nowhere and and. And making some kind of name for myself. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is certainly you. You definitely have an impressive life, Mr. Harden Jr. Um, um, just being a you know, and as being a black man, where the, you know the yeah. opportunities were not uh, plentiful. Yeah, as we've talked about, wherever you're at, it was twice as hard to get where you're at just because of the color of your skin. Right. Uh, at this point in your life, what are your career goals? And what do you feel you need to do to reach those goals? Just what, if I can make uh, just a few million, you know what I mean? <laughs> I think just for some uh, backup. I'm sure you must have a, a, a pretty nice pension coming from all the work you've done. I'm all right. I can take care of myself. It's good. Life is good, you know. But that, that second house in San Tropez wouldn't be bad either then. Yes, yeah, that's, that's what I'm talking about. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, where do you yeah. see? This is the the last question. Uh, where okay. do you see yourself, career wise, in in five years? And ha- have you have you mapped out steps that will actually? I, you know what? Ahead? I think if I just if I keep keep doing it, because uh, I think I'm going to uh, finally people will. I think I will get the respect, the total respect. I want the total. I want to get an Oscar if possible. You know what I mean? I really do. I mean, a lot of people say, "Oh, well, that seems unattainable." But yeah, look at uh, who is it that won an Oscar? Someone that didn't even act before, uh, Dexter Gordon. Didn't he win an Oscar? Uh, and he was in his. Uh... Was he in that? Yeah, yeah, maybe so. Yeah. And shortly before he died, I think he was in his seventies or something when he. When yeah. He, yeah. That, uh, but, and he so, wasn't uh, an actor. Round Midnight, I think, was the movie. Yeah, that's right. Well, the well, the story you about him, was, huh? You never know what's coming for you. 
And that's what I'm saying. And the fact that the fact that in Velvet Jesus, I'll I was back sure that- on all that, and it just was a it was a great feeling. It was like, oh, they say, and the winner is Ernest Harden Jr. What? Oh, and matter of fact, my boy uh, Lawrence Hill Jacobs gave me the award. He was up there announcing it. So I'm like, and that was the best. What that it was was the the best movie. Uh, they were combined the best, the best movie from Africa and the best movie from America, and they were both there. So a lot of Africans were there, and they said, "And the winner is Ernest Hart Jr." And I said, "Wow, that's that's pretty cool." I I just say like, so in five years, we'll see what happens. I'm gonna work toward it. I mean, that's a goal to try to get uh, uh, Academy Award, you know. But, you well, never know what this this movie Sweetwater might do. You know, I yeah. like people what I'm doing. Just never know. Well, I I have a feeling that the best for you is yet to come, my friend. Well, thank you, thank you, my brother. You know, I appreciate it. I well, I, I really appreciate that. I appreciate hearing that. The same with you. Well, I appreciate that, and thank you so much for for spending this time talking with me. We I, talk about everything. This is. <laughs> This is a great interview. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I know you got a lot of editing to do. Uh, you know, I don't know. But, uh, I appreciate that. A, a great, great. Thank you for having me. Well, it was my pleasure. Onwards and upwards, which is a, a phrase that I still use today that I originally heard from you. Yes, there you go. There you go. <laughs> All right, my friend. You All have right, a wonderful man. rest of your evening. You too. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you later. Bro. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. Don't call me Corey Baker, call me Marco Potch, cause I'm not Julia's son, not anymore. Don't call me Corey Baker, call me Marco Potch, cause I'm not Julia's son like I was before.